Rosemary grew up in the mission field in a uh, post, this is how old we are, post-World War II Japan and uh, uh, third world at that time. She was born in 49 and she arrived there at nine months old. So it was a mess. And that's when people were calling for missionaries to come uh, to Japan. And it, it was just a mess there. And so she grew up there and grew up there uh, very poor. But her grandfather was, was a really, relatively famous evangelist named Mari Tori. And he founded a conference center called Montrose Conference Center in Montrose, Pennsylvania. And um, Rosemary grew up in what used to be called a very fundamentalist environment. Um, I mean, she dressed so conservative on a college campus, it was unbelievable. I think I've told this before. She dressed so conservative that when we were dating, finally, uh, she led me to Christ and then went out with me. And uh, I got, I convinced, I was president of my fraternity, I convinced them, let's have a pool party. Let's rent the campus pool only so I could see her in a bathing suit because of how conservative she dressed. And she wouldn't dance, she wouldn't do any of these things, and so it was hilarious. Um, and she knew, I found out later on she knew what I was doing. Um, but they had, they had a sidewalk on one side of the street from the camp dorms to the camp thing for boys to walk on, a sidewalk for girls to walk on, all these rules. Um, they had uh, hours that boys could be in the pool, hours that girls could be in the pool. In the midst of all that, they found the camp director and his secretary having an extramarital affair in his office. You can have all the rules you want. You can set up all the rules you want. And the bottom line is rules won't do it. Rules won't do it. It's a hard issue. It's an absolute hard issue. Um, oh, this here. Uh, bottom line, if you can help us with the 5K, if you're a girly guy, support Rosemary. Um, if you're a manly man, uh, you'll support me. There's lots of ways to do it. You can do it online. I still haven't figured out how to do it online. I just brought a check in. And if you want to support Rosemary and bring a check next week in the memo section, just put her initials. Her initials are B-O-B. So just put her initials on, on the bottom. I know I'm pathetic. The Christian life is first and foremost an issue of the heart rather than an issue of rules. Rather than an issue of rules. And it was really difficult for me. Uh, came to Christ, then uh, uh, we moved here to South Florida. I was working for the state of Florida placing kids, boys, in different programs. And there was a little house in Hollywood called Sheridan House, and I kept applying for the job, and they kept not hiring me. They burned through a director a year for five years. Uh, there were only three staff and uh, 12 boys in, in the house. And finally, I, the, the deal with getting the job, I was, I was attending Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church at the time, the deal with getting the job was you had to join Sheridan Hills Baptist Church. And uh, all, all three staff members had to be, and I'd never been in a Baptist church. And coming from New York, the whole word Baptist is a little scary for me. Um, I wasn't sure what Baptists did. And I remember we were driving to go my first Sunday to Sheridan Hills, and I said to Rosemary, if we walk in there and he's wearing white shoes and a white belt, I don't think I can do this church. To which she says, that's very mature, Bob. And we walked in, and he wasn't, but the, but the music guy was in a white shirt, white, white belt and white shoes. And the hardest part initially for me was the rules of what you can and can't do. There were so many rules of what you can and can't do when you signed the covenant card. And I became a member, and I didn't sign the covenant card. I just turned it back in, and my pastor called. And whenever Billingsley called me Robert, I knew I was in trouble. Can we get some lunch? And he said, you didn't sign the covenant card. I said, well, pastor, to be honest with you, there's a couple of things on that card I enjoy doing. 
And so we're sitting there and talking about it, and he's starting to laugh. And he said, so you're not going to sign it? And I said, well, i, I got to tell you this. I have friends that have signed it, and I know they do those things anyway. Uh, so I just felt it was wrong to sign it. And watching him over a period of time, watching us have lunch, and then watching him ask me, would you do the covenant banquet? The covenant banquet would be for new people coming into the church. And I've never seen a church grow like that. I mean, he didn't believe you should have more than 2,000 people in worship, and when he got 2,000, he planted a church. He planted Potential Church. He planted uh, First Baptist Weston. He planted 27 churches in South Florida. He'd had 40 to 50,000 if he wanted. He didn't. He wanted to be able to know his people. But I do the covenant banquet. Pastor, I have to go over the covenant card. I, he said, yeah, I know. Do it, but don't hurt us. It's time, it's time to tell the, tell the truth, but don't hurt us. Do it, but don't hurt us. Yeah, it's an issue of the heart. And, and, and it's interesting how we can get so far off base. In Luke 6.6, 6, Jesus, it's the Sabbath. And in Luke 6.6, 6, it says this, On another Sabbath day, a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. Notice it doesn't say listened to Jesus intensely. Watch Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Really? And he did. In Luke 13, 10, one Sabbath day as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent over for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus call, saw her, he called her over and said, dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her, and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God. But the leader of, of the, in, in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus healed her on the Sabbath. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. Really? He changed this lady's life. Wow. And for me, I believe he was indignant because the attention was not on him anymore the leader of the Sabbath. He was somebody. And now it's not on him anymore. And now it's on this, this guy from Nazareth. Yeah, wow. Jesus, but the Lord replied, you hypocrites. Each of you works on the Sabbath. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from, the, from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath, and I'm, I don't ever want to rewrite Scripture, but I would remove the word even on the Sabbath and say especially on the Sabbath. Especially coming to church and being healed on the Sabbath. Wow. And then he says to her, yeah, the, and it goes on to say, this shamed his enemies, but the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. Following the rules without knowing the meaning behind them makes the rule the goal rather than the value behind the rule. Some of you actually grew up in church. I didn't grow up in church. Can you remember any of the, of the quote, rules that became mandatory and as things changed, people got upset? Do you remember any? Wearing suits to church. Wearing a suit to church. Sunday best, they called it. And I remember when a pastor here in this town was one of the first not to wear a suit, the ridicule he received from other pastors. And then all of a sudden his church exploded. You know, a number, another one, I remember when we walked away from hymnals and how upset people were. And we're putting the words on the screen. 
Yeah, we had always done it that way. So if you always do it that way, but you know, if you always do the same thing routinely, I'm, maybe I'm the only one, but I usually come to, I usually get here very early in the morning, 5.30ish, and uh, how many times have I backed out of my driveway and gotten down the street wondering if I closed the garage door? Yes, and I have to turn around. Now, I've never found the garage door open, but I'm not sure. But you do it so many times, you do it mindlessly. It's kind of like, you know, we were, we were uh, getting ready to eat, the grandchildren were there, and uh, I'm looking over at Roby's little girl, and Scarlett's not eating, and uh, I said, Scarlett, how come you not eating? We didn't say grace. And I remember thinking, we didn't? Huh. Actually, I don't know whether we said grace or not. And if you can't remember that you said grace or not, then you didn't say grace, you said words. You just did it mindlessly. You know, it's, it's kind of like Rosemary asking me, how was your day? Fine. You know, mindlessly. No answer. Yeah, these Jewish leaders had abandoned the purpose and become experts, experts in, the, in, in religion. They were rules graders. They graded the rules. They were focused on the rules rather than their ruler, rather than their ruler. Religious people can become fixated on rules rather than fixated on develop, developing their relationship with their ruler, Jesus. With their ruler, their relationship. Working on that. And quite honestly, it's easier to just do the rules than figure out relationship. Because, and especially as a male, I'm not relationship, I don't know, how do you do that? I don't know for you, but the hardest thing about in, in the early years of marriage is she wanted to sit around and talk. And it's like, um, Bob, when you come home tonight, can we not turn on any games or anything? Can we just sit and talk? And I remember thinking, can you give me the list uh, of questions I'm going to get asked so I can get prepared for it? And the whole word tonight, can we talk tonight? Um, how about seven to, give me the end. Um, you, you mean just sit and talk? And honestly, that's why God made them beautiful, because, uh, yeah, okay, I'll talk to you. All the wrong motives, but I'll talk to you. Yeah, so we're not relationship-driven, but we're so relationship-needy. And so, Bob, learn to spend time. And son, learn to listen to this. Learn to listen to this, period. Learn to listen to it. Yeah, Colossians, our, our focal passage. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, or for not celebrating certain holy days, or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. These rules were to point to Christ. You know, taking, taking the, the, the lamb to Passover and sacrificing the lamb. What about the lamb? The little sheep? In fact, you wonder, why did you pick something so innocent? There are sheep over here behind our property. The Rosemary always wants to drive back and see the sheep and whatever, and they are sweet and whatever. I, and I just really do a sweet sheep. Lord, why didn't you have them bring an iguana yeah. to the sacrifice? Something disgusting like an iguana, rather than a sweet, oh, because of the innocence of the sheep. Pointing to the Lamb of God. All those things. It's to point to the Lamb of God, period, end of story. Yeah, after doing things religiously for a period of time, you end up doing them mindlessly. I can't remember, did we say grace? Yeah, and we've even interchanged the word mindlessly for religious, oh yeah, I do that religiously. 
Oh yeah, I, I religiously, for mindlessly. The church in Colossae was growing and growing and growing and growing. So the evil one decided to attack it with Judaizers. And they showed up from Jerusalem to, to make sure if you now are a, a part of this uh, religion here, it comes through Judaism. You must be circumcised. You must, and must, and must, and must, and must. And, and it's all pointing to Christ. When I have Christ, I have. All those things are done. Yeah. So don't let anyone condemn you. Don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. We've been given by God two very rich church ordinances that can easily become an insult and blasphemy to God. So several Christmas Eves ago, um, up at a downtown church, I, I did a Lord's Supper, uh, 11 o'clock at night. And it was very interesting doing a Lord's Supper. And a lot of people came. The place was packed, several thousand people. And you had to walk down the aisle and take the Lord's Supper. And I, two things happened, two very different things. Uh, I, I, and the whole service was preparing for this. This is the picture. This is the picture. This is the picture. So get your mind in gear. The people that I knew that went to that church were all in line talking, showing each other stuff, to, waiting until they can get the cup. They did no worship at all. And then, oof, there was this little girl, obviously, and I don't know why I say this, but I know for, no, I don't know anything for a fact, obviously a hooker. And this hooker was coming down very inappropriately dressed. She was obviously on the streets that night, weeping, taking the Lord's Supper. And I thought, is this amazing that we're being schooled on how to take the Lord's Supper by a hooker? <laughs> she, she knew. She knew what she was doing. I thought this was, yeah. And when he says, when you do it, when you do it, Bob, when you do it, yeah, Luke, he took some bread and gave them, and, and, and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. And one translation says, broken for you. Broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Don't just do it because it's on the calendar. Don't just do it because don't like Well, we have to do this quarterly. No. You don't want to insult him quarterly. Do this in remembrance of me. In remembrance of me. Yeah, in 1 Corinthians, when Paul's telling them how to do it, because they were abusing it in Corinth. He said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as, often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, that's an interesting word. First of all, you're not worthy. But you're made worthy by his death on the cross. So for me, I know I'm not worthy, but I'm made worthy. And my sins are cast away as far as the east is from the west to remember them and no more. If Jesus doesn't remember when I get to heaven, Lord, can I apologize? Stop. 
do you have, Bobby, do you have a higher standard than me? I've forgiven you. Your sins are cast away as far as the east is from the west, which is the most amazing statement on the planet. If it's said as far as the north is from the south, we know the distance from the north pole to the south pole. There's no way to calculate east is from the west. It just keeps going. Yeah, it's gone, so don't have a higher standard. But don't be unworthy. Get your heart there before you take this. Be broken. Be grateful. Be, I can't believe, creator God, you put on skin and came to die for me. Yeah, there's, a, there's another interesting passage. It's in Malachi 3.8. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, and your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes and offerings into the storehouse so there will be enough food in the temple for you. You know, you were telling me about the church in Tampa, the churches in Tampa and uh, how there's a church, churches all around this general area, right close to each other. Five churches. Yeah. And how, I, it is my, how they don't open their doors at night, come sleep here. And how I, I well, it'll, it'll make our church dirty. I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to stand before God on that one. I was showing you, um, we had it last, right before the Super Bowl when it was here, we found out that a single mom was living in, uh, in the back of her car with her two little ones, and they're the cutest two little ones on the planet. So we went and got her uh, a room uh, with, with two bedrooms over at the Renaissance, and they gave us half price uh, and then uh, we were trying to finish the second one, the Renault building over here. And ironically, uh, we, we, they, they were backing us up on the permits. And uh, that was the house, I'm gonna embarrass you, that was the house that the Davy inspector came and I'm walking him over and he asked me who did the air conditioning. Uh, I said, debonair, air conditioning. And he said, oh, Charlie, I love Charlie, I don't have to inspect this, I mean, I do, but I don't. And I said, are we talking Charlie Alistair? Can I show you a picture? Yeah. Uh, but he literally did say that about you. That was very cool. So, end of the day, uh, it's two days before the Super Bowl, and they call and say, we are so sorry, you got to get her out. And Rick goes over and shows the, shows the, the inspectors uh, at, the, at Davey the picture of this lady. And the guy says, I'm going to turn around and say something to you. Move her in with no permit. I did not say that. How did you do that? How did you do that? Yeah, he risked. He stretched. I'm sure he could have lost his job for that. He risked. The word, the word is interesting here, tithes and offerings. And you wonder, well, what's the difference? Oh, there's a huge difference between tithes and offerings. Tithes is an obligation. 10%. And I remember being dumb enough as a new Christian asking my pastor, is it tithing the gross or the net? Which one do I have to do? And him telling me, yeah, him telling me, well, do you trust the government most or God most? It's the gross. And, he, and then he said to me, but that's just the obligation. That's not the privilege. The offering is the privilege. It's the above and beyond the tithe. He says, you don't have to. You get to. And you get to and you get to and you get to. 
Yeah. So don't let, Colossians 2.16, so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. I mean, the list probably could have been huge. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality, period. And it was so sad, my early years of tithing. My early years of tithing, actually hilarious, right to the penny. I mean, I mean $186.54. That was my monthly, I went back and found it. $186.54, right? And I'm wondering why I was gasping. And the angels had to say, do I need to do something to him? <laughs> to wake him up? Yeah, wow. I was becoming a religious person. Don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat and drink. You're, you're living to, to bring joy to God. Imagine his face, imagine his face. It's interesting. When Roby uh, was in high school, he's a great soccer player, and I never missed a game except... I was, uh, I, was, I was getting ready to fly out on a Friday to Chicago to, to speak at a church, and it was when that plane went down somewhere uh, due, due to wind shear, and everybody was shut down for a little bit. And so they rescheduled for a Tuesday uh, for me to come up and speak Tuesday night. And I, I'm, I'm getting ready to miss his game, and, and uh, something else happened. And uh, I ended up canceling at the last minute. I'm sitting in the airport saying to myself, what am I doing? But I show up halfway through the soccer game up at Westminster. And uh, the coach comes over after the game and says, where were you? And I said, what do you mean? He says, he's a different player when he knows his father's watching. And I, I realized from that point on, he, he'd run up and down the field and look over, make sure I was watching. And uh, it, your father's watching. And the bottom line is, I want to imagine him smiling. Well done, Bob. That was a risk for you. That was a stretch for you. The question I need to continually, oh, letter B, the tithes and offerings are a form of very personal worship for the Lord. Tithes because I'm told to, offerings because I get to. Offerings before, because I get to. The question I need to continually, to continually answer for myself is, am I doing this or not doing this because I want favor with man. I want favor with man. I want the men, to, men around me to go, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Or, and this one's me, I want my dad to be proud of me. I want my dad to be proud of me. My dad was very successful and very upset that I went into the ministry rather than go make some money. And uh, the irony is, Oh, I have a second home in the mountains. And nothing financially on paper makes that possible. I don't know. But I had to, I had to break loose of tr being like this little kitten bringing mice to my dad. Yeah. Or my heavenly father. My father. And I'm sure there's others you guys could fill in. That who, who are we bringing the little mice to? <laughs> to? To let them see it. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting, verse 18 says, by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels. You know, that doesn't mean fasting is bad. Fasting is a good thing. 
It's the pious fasting. It's letting people know, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. No, it's just between, it's an intimacy with God. Or the worship of angels, saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud. Yeah. And they are not connected, and they're not connected to Christ, the head of the, of the body. For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. You have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. Yeah, the way to live life, the main thing in this life is what Jesus said. Do this in remembrance of me. If you're looking for an absolute, unbelievable, world bestseller, great read, it's a book called In His Steps. In His Steps um, is a true story, and it's a pastor who decided to ask himself in every situation, what would Jesus do? WWJD, that's where the phrase came from that was on people's bumpers 10, 15 years ago. In His Steps, what would Jesus do? It's an easy read, but it's a wow, don't walk by. Don't walk by. What would you do out here today, Lord? How would you? How would you? It was so funny. The guy who brings his crew over here and cuts our grass, and they're out there, and I looked out my window, and they were under, uh, their, it was raining. So they got their lunch early, but they went under the big truck to not get wet, and it was killing me. I went out there, and I said, you can't eat here. And they're looking at me, and only one of them spoke English. And he says, why can't we eat here? And I said, you, you, I can't look out my window and see this. Come in. Come in. And he's looking at me. I said, come in. And brought him in and put him at a table here and brought him water and whatever. And I get a call from the boss uh, later on saying, never, ever has that happened for them. Oh. He's a friend. And he said, now, when you initially went out there, they were terrified because a couple of them are not citizens here. <laughs> and I, I said, you know, we did nothing. Have a seat. That was nothing. We've got to go the extra mile, but it's not for them, it's for him. Glory to God. And I'm convinced one of them had to ask, what is that place? To my friend. Yeah, extra mile. 